Welcome to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. To contact Dr. Danny and learn more about the ministry, visit drdanny.live. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience The Good Life today. Danny Yamashiro here. Welcome to The Good Life, encouraging you with inspirational stories to share with family and friends offering perspectives of hope through Jesus Christ. Today, we're reaching into the vault for a classic interview when I hosted this show in Hawaii. Join us now. Open your heart to what God has to say to you. You begin to feel like the security of your marriage is in jeopardy. Let me get more specific. You've passed the honeymoon stage. Maybe your kids are growing. There are certain pressures that you didn't expect. It certainly wasn't something that you planned for. And all of a sudden, uh, you you begin to feel this subtle pressure. Uh, uh, There's a tense tense feeling that you experience at the home, in your home. And insecurities begin to, to creep up and... Your communication isn't the same, and all of a sudden you begin to feel like, hey, what's happening? This very precious relationship that I that I once so dearly treasured is in jeopardy. At that time, wouldn't you wish or hope that you had a chance to to talk to somebody who is an expert, somebody who's maybe even not not just an expert in a professional sense? Yes, that, but also someone who has experienced some struggles themselves. They also have raised kids. They know what it's like to have different kinds of tensions and things like that. They can relate with you. Well, Max Lucado said, God created marriage. No government subcommittee envisioned it. No social organization developed it. Marriage was conceived and born in the mind of God. Our guest today is uh, someone who has been sought after all across the world. He is an author. He has, he, but the thing is, he's been in marriage for 20 years. He's, he's raised kids. He's raising kids. He knows what it's like. You know, we pause at the beginning of the Good Life Hawaii radio program to remind you the reason we have this show, the very heart of this show. Its very essence is to lead you to faith in Jesus Christ. If you're searching, looking, longing to find hope in God, you can find that by putting your faith in the Lord Jesus. And if you're walking with the Lord and you're struggling right now, our hope and our purpose is to help build you up, to encourage you. Well, Dr. Greg Smalley, he serves as the Executive Director of Marriage and Family Formation at Focus on the Family. In this role, he develops and oversees initiatives that prepare individuals for marriage, strengthen and nurture existing marriages, and help couples in their marital crises. He's worked for the Center for Relationship Enrichment at John Brown University and as president of the National Institute of Marriage. He's the author of 11 books, including The DNA of Relationships, The DNA of Parent and Teen Relationships, and The Wholehearted Marriage. He received his doctorate at Rosemead School of Psychology at Biola University, 
and a counseling degree from Denver Seminary. He and his wife, Erin, they live in Colorado. They have three daughters, Taylor, Maddie, and Annie, and one son, Garrison. And I'm glad, not only do I have Dr. Greg Smalley, I've got Garrison in studio with us today. Dr. Smalley, welcome. Welcome to our show. Hey, Danny. Thank you so much for having me on today. I can't believe I'm in Hawaii. That's almost impossible. Hey. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Well, you know, Hawaii is that special place. And what we, what we find is when people come here, they relax. Mm-hmm. And when they relax, they're able to express themselves in special, unique ways and, and also be refreshed at the same time. So it's a, it's a win-win situation all around. And, and, and sometimes you get to bring your precious son That's right. with you. That's right. He, I don't know, my kids get to take turns. If my wife can't come, then it's always one of my kids gets to travel with me. And so I think all my other kids were like, wait, that's not fair. It's Garrison's turn. He gets to go. So it was the luck of the draw. So here we are together, hanging out, father and son. And all Garrison has to just, just smirk. Be quiet. Get <laughs> he, on that plane. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> He's really here to keep me in line, tell me what to wear, tell me when time to eat. He takes good care of me. You know, we talk about, <clears throat> we talk, I'm looking at, looking at him, <laughs> handsome young man. I like his Aloha shirt. I know. It's a cool shirt. I don't have one yet. <laughs> I have to go to the mall and find one. <laughs> well, it looks like you're, you're from Hawaii. And maybe it looks like I'm from Colorado. I'm, <laughs> I know. I'm wearing like a sweater, you know. I'm, oh, this is, yeah, this, this is, is summertime. Yeah, summertime. this is great. I'm in shorts and t-shirt and I'm, we're having a great time. We get to do some snorkeling and all fishing, I think. So we're thrilled to be here. So thanks for having me on with you. Yeah, I'm looking at, I'm looking at Garrison. I'm thinking, what, a, what an opportunity to grow up mm. with dad, travel mm. like he is. What an education, memories that'll last. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lifetime. Which is what I got to do with my dad. That's what's so fun about it. Hmm. I want to talk about that. What, yeah. uh, t- talk to me about your growing up years. Yeah. What, what was it like? Where was it? What was it like? Yeah. You know, we, we grew up uh, different places. Started off kind of the first eight years in Chicago, Illinois. And uh, my dad was working for a big ministry there and then moved our family to Waco, Texas. Hmm. And uh, and I, I didn't know where Texas was at the time, and and so he uh, became a marriage and family pastor at a big church, and that's really where uh, God kind of used that. He took over a, a, a small little college Bible study for Baylor University students, and maybe ten or twelve of them, and it quickly grew to about six to eight hundred. And so these college students just teaching them relationship skills, and they were just absolutely in love with him and what he was teaching and, and God was just using him. Well, these students would all go back to their hometowns and, and tell their pastor, you got to bring this guy in. And, and that's really how my father got started doing seminars was just these Baylor students that would bring him to their home churches. And, uh, you know, growing up here, I had this famous father, Gary Smalley, and, and I didn't even know that. It, literally, this is the truth. We, we, it wasn't until as an adult, all right, because I, I remember when we were in Texas that we would, we would. It seemed like we'd go off camping 
on the weekends all the time. It just seems like we'd take Friday off and camp over the weekend and and he'd make it back in time for church on Sunday. But uh, we just, my brother, I have a younger brother, and we were talking about this, and I was like, yeah, remember we used to camp all the time? And, and we were talking about this, and my dad said, yeah. And do you remember how I was never with you guys? And we started thinking about going, yeah, actually, where were you? We thought he was off fishing. Because he loves to fish, but he loves to do that more solitary because, you know, we'd get our line tangled and whatever, you know, hooks through our finger. And uh, he uh, he said, no, I wasn't fishing, you knuckleheads. He goes, I was doing marriage seminars. Literally, he would take our family to a campsite, drop <laughs> us off. Then he'd drive his big RV in to wherever and do the seminar and then come back and we'd hang out and then go home. And it literally was not until I was an adult that I knew that that's what he was doing. I don't know if that's good or bad or, or what, but I mean, so it, it was, it, it, I loved, uh, growing up in our family. Um, you know, we had problems like everybody else. Uh, I just was, it just, it felt so normal. So I don't, I don't know what my so, parents did, but so they did you protected feel, us. Did you feel pressure? Like, you know how they say a minister's kid, yeah. a, a Christian leader's child yeah. will feel this yeah. enormous yeah. pressure. What was it like? Yeah. You know, the, the, really, the honest truth was that he, it, it wasn't until I was probably starting in high school that really his his books and videos and stuff took off. And so, I you know, I, I we eventually moved to Phoenix, and that's kind of where I consider home. I was there junior high and high school and then on even through college. But it really wasn't until we were in Phoenix that, that things began to to. to to, to take off for him. And, but I do remember we'd, we'd go places and we'd be sitting there for dinner or whatever. And, and someone would come up and, you know, ask him for an autograph or, you know, Hey, you saved my marriage. And mm. it was just always weird. It's like, really? <laughs> and it, to find out that people would pay a lot of money to come hear him talk. And my brother and like, man, we got to listen to him for free. You know, we have <laughs> to hear him. And why would people go listen to him and pay money? And, but, uh, he was, He's such a great dad. He really was. I, I think that that for me, what I what I most appreciate about him is that who he was up on stage, who he is in the books and in the videos, that's really who he was at home. There wasn't like, you know, because I've heard other, you know, I've met over the years other famous speaker, Christian ministry families and the kids and and, and he really was, was genuine, you know, uh, the things that he taught, he really tried to practice. He wasn't perfect and really made his living telling stories about how he messed up as a dad, as a husband. And, uh, but tell you what, when it's all said and done, he, he, he's a true man who loves God with all his heart, with all his being. I mean, some of my favorite memories would, I would get up in the morning and, uh, and I'd come downstairs and my dad would maybe be on his knees, would be sitting there in his chair with the Bible, would just be, just reading in, yeah, I did again, I'm like, Hey, can you go in the next room so I can watch cartoons? <laughs> but you know, I mean, I, I get it now. And, uh, and I love those. I, I love the fact that, that who he says he is publicly is really who he is privately. And, uh, and he's been faithful to my mom, um, adores my mom. You know, they fight. I love to watch them argue to this day. You know, it's just like something yeah. about when, you know, they've married almost 47 years, you know, 50 books later. I'm like, cool. I love just watching them going, all right, if you guys can still fight and you're all right, I'm, I'm okay. It makes me feel normal. But, uh, but yeah, I just, I, I, 
Yeah, I just really appreciated who who he uh, who he tried to be always, and uh, and and boy, I respect that. So that's how I I hope my kids say it about me someday. So Garrison, listen up. You know what's really interesting is that uh, well, not interesting. It's touching, touching in the sense that your dad's example with you mm. will carry on. I mean, there's certain mm-hmm. things that are not verbalized. They're just lived out. Yeah. And you've experienced it. Your uh, brother and sister mm. have experienced it. That's right. And it, it just lived out from generation to generation. Yeah. And, and to think that he, you know, set that example. Mm. Not, not, were your grandparents Christ followers too? Or? No. And that's, you know, part of what, you know, my dad grew up in a really bitty, bitty town in, uh, in Washington called Bingen's near the, 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 the Columbia River. And, uh, and, you know, probably his, 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 his mom was, was, was a Christian, but just hard times, not much money at all. Dad, very angry. I mean, that was sort of the legacy from, from generational, from generation to generation was just anger. And, and what's, what's amazing is my dad just was very consciously aware of that. And, and that was one thing that he wanted to break is, uh, he goes, I don't want my kids to have a legacy of anger. And, and that's, that became a big motivation for, for all the things he does. Because really my dad, I think of all the things he's known for, it's that, that idea of honor. You know, really when you see someone, it's that, that you get that they are made in God's image. They're, they're precious. They're a priceless treasure, you know, and, and that's really the anecdote to anger is, is, is honor. And so that's, that's what I loved about really what he did is really decided, Hey, I want to break that. And I'm sure. You know, there's plenty of things that I need to, <laughs> as a father, that I need to be breaking as well. But, uh, but I, I, I so value and appreciate that about my dad. And to think, here's a second generation of a legacy. I'm looking at you. I'm looking at the third generation right yeah. here at Garrison, who's much better looking than me. So. <laughs> <laughs> Easier on the eyes. <laughs> but at some point, your dad made a choice. Yeah. And he realized the the responsibility That's he right. had, and and the, with the conviction of the influence that he would have, That's right. uh, a, a conscious awareness. And you know, as you're listening today, you know, we've got Dr. Greg Smalley here. We're talking about his dad and his dad's influence, Dr. Gary Smalley's influence on his life, uh, father and son relationship. But Dr. Gary Smalley made a choice, mm-hmm. and uh, it's working out right in front of us as we speak. Um, the legacy continues to grow. And I'm wondering if there's a, a choice that you need to make as you listen to us talk. Did you know that uh, the choice you make, it could be an opportunity for you as you respond to God, as you uh, look at how things are and, and really look to make certain changes? And it doesn't have to be overwhelming. It could be just one change, one step. Just take that small little step. It could make a difference in the years and years to come on. We're talking decades, maybe a century, maybe more. But uh, it could start with you. And uh, it, when I when I look at Dr. Greg Smalley, I think about, I wonder, how at, a, at what point at, at a young age did he begin to develop this passion, this mm. desire? When we come back from our break, we'll, we'll talk about that. Doctor, I'd like for you to share with us about uh, how did you, as a young person, 
discover certain gifts that you had, whether it be in counseling or teaching or speaking, and maybe even beyond that. It's because you grew up in Dr. Gary Smalley's house. How did you become a Christian? You know, I mean, at some point you had to make a decision on your own. Everyone has to do that at some point. Um, I wonder if you can share yeah. that as well. I mean, there's so much that we can we can go over, so much that we can so much that we can cover, and I and we'll do it. We'll cover a lot of it today. Try to get as much as we can in this really precious time mm. with you and with Garrison. I'm including you all the way, my young friend, because this is a this is a divine moment. It's also a divine moment as you listen to the Good Life Hawaii Radio Show, a personal word from the Lord to your heart. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Wandering the road of desperate life, aimlessly beneath the barren sky. Leave it to me. I lead you home. James 3.13 says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is brought to you by generous sponsors. Thank you to Coach Dino Babers and Mrs. Susan Babers, Mr. Edmund Jung and Mrs. May Jung, Mr. Rodney Arias Sr., A1A Electrician, Cedar Assembly of God, and the Thursday Men's Breakfast, Boston. If you, your business, or your church would like to support The Good Life with Dr. Danny, please visit drdanny.live. Join our partnership team. That's drdanny.live. Thank you. You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience The Good Life today. Danny Yamashiro here. Welcome back to our show. Today, we're reaching into the vault for a classic interview when I hosted this show in Hawaii. Please enjoy. There's a real naturalness to it. It's, it's easy, and, and yet you see a lot of good things coming out of it. Well, you know, it's a gift. It's a gift that you found. It's a gift. It's a God-given gift, a God-given talent that you found within yourself, something that God has uh, graced you with to use for His purpose. You know, God is a God of destiny. He's a God of purpose. And you're here for a reason. You're here because God has a special plan and purpose for you and your life. And whatever you're going through right now, there's a, a reason for it. We might not understand all the intricate details of it. We might not understand any of it. Uh, it might infuriate us sometimes because we don't. But just rest assured, God has a reason for it. And he's building you up through this. You're looking, listening to the Good Life Hawaii radio show. I'm Danny Yamashiro. With my featured guest today, Dr. Greg Smalley of Focus on the Family. He's the Executive Director of Marriage and Family Formation. He's the author of numerous books. He's a psychologist. He graduated from Rosemead School of Psychology at Biola University there in La Mirada, California, and Denver Seminary. He's here with his uh, dear son. He's here with his dear son, uh, Garrison. And uh, it's a special time, you know, 
He is uh, sharing with us about what it was like growing up in a family where his dad, Dr. Gary Smaller, Gary Smalley, author of over 40 books, spoken all over the world for decades, uh, highly regarded, highly respected. But at some point, Dr. Greg Smalley had to find out what Jesus meant to him. Doctor, tell us, what was that like? Yeah. How did you become a Christian? Yeah, you know, I was five, came home from kindergarten and, and just said, all right, Mom, how do I get to heaven? And so we prayed right there together and and uh so grew up in a in a in a just a great christian family but i would say that that really my faith was developed um probably when i was um in my 20s early 20s and what i think looking back my dad had such a strong spiritual presence presence i mean i was always you know seeing him pray read the bible talk about the scripture Talk about memorizing verses, and, and I think the problem for me was that um, that, uh, that 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 really allowed him to kind of kind of be um, my just the spiritual relationship in my life. I didn't really the, the I love God, but I just didn't really have that that personal relationship in which my very being depended upon Him. I think it was probably more that I was too overly connected with my dad. In, in, you know, I mean, faith is not, you know, there's no second generation Christian. It's, mm-hmm. we're all, you know, you, you don't inherit someone's faith. And that was my problem. I think more than anything, I was, I was inheriting what my dad, my dad's faith and his beliefs. And, uh, I think in, when in college, that's really where God really got me. I mean, I went through some really tough times and as I sort of headed off on my own, and uh and and yet that's really where I began to to just fall in love with with the lord and 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 develop that personal relationship. How did that happen yeah you know i i just i went through a really just some i i didn't really i wasn't like the rebellious type and I didn't go out and drink and do drugs and do any of that, but I just really just you know i i got tired of going to church um you know I was off on my own in college and and uh and just just the the further I sort of walked away from the Lord, um, just the more I think my heart began to close and until you know, I just I was just getting into some kind of rebellious kinds of activities and 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 that's and, and I and I fell into a real sort of dark depression. And and it was like for the first time in my life I couldn't think my way out of, you know, mm-hmm. feeling better. And and I think that's really where I began to understand that that God wanted my, just didn't want my brain. Cause I think my faith was more intellectual and I knew the, you know, I went to vacation Bible school and I went to Sunday school class and, you know, I knew verses, but, but he wanted my heart in, and my heart was, was at that point probably closed more or less just going through some hard times and, you know, things didn't work out. I wanted to, I actually all wanted to be a lawyer. I didn't, I didn't even want to, I wasn't necessarily, it wasn't that I didn't want to follow in my dad's footstep. I just had other passions and, and I didn't get in to the the law school that I wanted to in, in really any law school. And it was very devastating for me and it was very confusing. And that was your plan. Yeah. 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 I, I knew what I wanted to mm-hmm. do. And, and, 
And, and that's really, so I just, I kind of went through a season where I was like, you know what? It says in the Bible that, you know, when we pray that God will give us what we pray for and pray and ask and you shall receive. And remember the little old widow lady, you know, stand in line every day. Well, I felt that I did all that. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of, I just reached a point to where, you know, I, I just, it, I, I began to question and not, not God, you know, I always believed in God, but, but sort of this notion of prayer, like, you know what, yeah, they talk about it and, you know, and, but in it, it works. I mean, I see that it works. It's worked for me. I've seen it worked for others, but you know, it doesn't, it, it, to me, it felt like this spiritual slot machine where you put your little prayer quarter in and, yeah. you know, and then you may get it mm-hmm. and you may not. And, uh, so I just, I was, I, I think I felt a little disillusioned. There was a close friend of ours that had developed pancreatic cancer in, and, uh, in, in just never had seen anybody prayed over as much in my entire life for about, 16 months. And so I was, I thought it was so cool because here you're going to see this grand miracle. You know, it, God can't help but to, you know, heal her. I mean, if you're, if you're saying all those verses are true, right. You know, it's going to happen. Right. And then, you know, we get the phone call that, that this very dear friend of ours passed away. It's just very confusing. Mm-hmm. I just didn't. And so I think, I think a part of it was that, that, I didn't really have my own solid faith. I'd more inherited something. I'm I'm seeing that eh, prayer really, I don't think it really works, you know? And so I just, I would felt very disillusioned. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and then I'll never forget. I was, uh, I mean, this was probably a couple of years. I kept this very private. I don't think anybody really knew, you know, I kind of felt ashamed, you know, I, I, as a Christian, I should believe that God, you know, says what he's going to do and, and prayer works. And, 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 and yet, and I'll never forget. I was, I was running some stairs. There was uh at the university I was at, there was some big concrete step, like a hundred of them or whatever. So I was just run up and down. It was great exercise. You know, I'll never forget. I just, I just, at some point just kind of sat down and I was just thinking about God and my relationship with him and just kind of like, you know what? I, I think I reached a breaking point to where, I just started weeping. It was just one of those weird, like, what is going on with me? And uh, I think really what I, I decided that day is I said, you know what, God, to be honest, I don't get how all this works. I mean, it's very confusing why she died and a couple other things didn't happen for me. I didn't get into law school. But I said, you know what? I don't want to live my life this way. I don't want to, I don't want to live a life being closed to you. I believe in you. I trust you. You know, I, I, I don't have all the answers, you know, maybe one day in heaven, pencil me in for 15 minutes and let's talk, you know, tell me what, what was that about? Help mm-hmm. me to understand. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I, I remember just making a choice kind of like you were talking about earlier. I just said, you know what? I, I, I believe, I believe in who you are and man, I want, I want, I want my heart back open to you. And, and one of my very favorite verses now is out of Joel. So it's a good day when you can, you know, when, when you're, that's old school, that's Old Testament, when you pull out a good verse from Joel. But it's in the second chapter, it's really interesting right. that the, the title says, rend your heart. And I remember seeing yes. that going, rend your heart. What, what does that mean? The verse goes on to say, God is basically speaking to the Israelites. Don't rend your garments. You know, when the Israelites, remember when they were grieving, there's tough, they used to tear their mm-hmm. clothes apart, mm-hmm. kind of like, this is ripping me apart, kind of right. that idea. But he says, don't, don't, don't tear your clothes apart. Don't rend your garments. Rend your heart. And, and, and I just thought, really interesting. And, and basically is what he's saying, because he goes on in that verse to say, because 
basically I'm a safe God. I, I am abounding in love. You know, I do not want harm for you. I mean, he kind of goes on to list four or five things, attributes, kind of characteristics. Basically is what he's saying. You can open your heart to me. And by the way, that, that I'm safe, it's okay. Mm-hmm. And, and, and for whatever reason, I think that day sitting on the steps, I just, I decided that today I'm going to, I'm going to tear, I'm going to rend open my heart back to God because he is safe. You know what? I, I, I then saw a verse that, that said that, uh, I'm, I'm always, I, I can remember the verse. I'm always, I'm one of those guys though. Don't ask me where it's from. I'm like, eh, I don't no, know. It's we, from we like the, know where it is yeah, in, in our Bible, right? It's that. on the right side page, yeah. on the right column. Yeah. But I think this one's in yeah. Romans, but, but basically it says when you pray, the uh-huh. Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf yes. and he intercedes with groans and moans that words cannot express mm-hmm. because, because we don't know what we should pray for, but he does. And I started to realize, you know, when I pray, well, here's what's cool, is that in, in Matthew it says that God knows what we need before we ask. And what, what I now believe about prayer is that, one, 100% we will get what we need, not necessarily what we ask for. And that was the big difference for me, is that when we pray, the Holy Spirit is kind of like saying, hey, God, you know what, although Smalley is uh, asking for this, just ignore him. He's an idiot. He doesn't know what he needs. Here's what he needs. Mm. And that's now the confidence that I 100% with all my heart believe that, that even when I'm asking for things, man, we got this Holy Spirit who's interceding saying, no, this is really what it is. And that we will always get. We may not see it. We might not notice it. We might not understand it for years to come, but, but, but prayer does work. Mm-hmm. No one needs me to tell him that it, God doesn't need me to agree with that for that to be true. But boy, I'm so grateful that, that I had those, those couple years of mm-hmm. just being sort of like disillusioned because now that's my faith. That's not my father's faith. Yeah. And, and that, and I think we all need those moments, you know, when we grow up in Christian families or that's maybe right. we go through seasons to where we're just confused and on hard times or a loved one dies or whatever it is that, uh, that, that that's, that's the pearl that, that God talks about, that in every trial, there's, he's going to give us something. And so for me, those two years, the, the, the pearl was, and I, I, have a, I have a just a very different love and hmm. in, in faith and hmm. trust and understanding of, of our Father. And I love that. I wouldn't trade it for the world. You, know, you talk about he's safe. Yeah. You know, he's safe when you're there on this, those steps weeping yeah you don't know why or what and god does not flip out no because you don't know yeah and and you you don't have either the wherewithal or you don't have it within yourself to have the the faith that you think you're supposed to have in fact it's completely the opposite and he embraces you and he embraces me he embraces us yeah at that point, yeah, at that place in our life, and I think what what you're saying, and here's the key, because some at some point in the program, I'd love to talk, we'll we'll talk about relationships, but that notion of safety mm-hmm. is 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 really absolutely one of the biggest keys to having a great marriage is this idea of safety, and it's what God models. There is verse after verse that talks about how He's safe. My son Garrison, his life verse is Proverbs eighteen ten that says, "The Lord your God is a strong." tower, the righteous run to it and are safe. safe. King David, you know, keep me safe, O Lord, for in you I take refuge. There, there's, there's something about that 
idea that that God is the safest relationship we could ever possibly have. He is always safe. We don't ever have to worry about if he's in a bad mood in heaven. We don't have to worry if there's something else going on. The fact that he's safe is significant because when we feel safe with someone, our heart opens up to that person. Mm-hmm. So when the fact that God is safe, see, our heart will, will open up and, and we connect. I mean, that's really the, wow. the foundation wow. of true intimacy. Let's, let's talk about that. When yeah. we come back from our break, uh, let, let's, let's go right into that. And re- about relationships, about Absolutely. marriage, about even uh, parent, uh, parents and children and teens. And let, let's, let's talk about those things. When we come back from our break, uh, Dr. Greg Smalley, safe. Did you know that you can feel safe with God? Uh, did you know that it's not just a, a feeling that you sort of conjure up? It's, it's for real. You can really feel safe with God. And it'll revolutionize your relationship with God, this understanding. It'll deeply impact the relationship you have with your spouse and your children. And it'll have a tremendous influence in whatever you're going through right now in a strained relationship. Sometimes it's so tenuous, you don't know if you're going to make it. You might feel like that right now. Well, God is so timely. He sends Dr. Greg Smalley at such a time as this. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Of desperate life, aimlessly beneath the barren sky. Leave it to me. I'll lead you home. Hi, this is Danny Yamashiro. In what way have you seen God work powerfully in your life? Do you have a story to share about God's provision and deliverance? Have you experienced God's healing? Do you have a testimony that will encourage others? 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. I want to share your story on our radio podcast. Please visit drdanny.live and share your Jesus story by clicking on the link at the top left of the home page. If you'd like to share your testimony in the form of a letter, send your correspondence to Formation Institute, P.O. Box 381-222, Cambridge, Massachusetts, 02238. That's Formation Institute, P.O. Box 381-222, Cambridge, Massachusetts, 02238. You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience The Good Life today. Danny Yamashiro here. Welcome back to our show. Today, we're reaching into the vault for a classic interview when I hosted this show in Hawaii. Please enjoy. As you here our program, you might be thinking to yourself, hey, how, how can I get the rest of the show? I, I, I heard the tail end of that other part. I'm tuning in right now. Can I hear the whole show? Absolutely, yes. You can get a free download at drdanny.live. And better than that, go ahead and pass it on to a friend or family member you think that will benefit from actually listening to uh, Dr. Greg Smalley share from his heart. He's uh, from Focus on the Family. He's their Executive Director of Marriage and Family Formation. To find out more about his ministry and the ministry of Focus on the Family, 
Go to www.focusonthefamily.com slash marriage. Doctor, we've got some time. If you got some time, yeah, absolutely. what shall we talk about? If you were to talk to a family, uh, a married couple, what would it be about? Yeah, really, if I only had a short amount of time, I would only talk about one thing the, in, the entire time. Because really, I think this is the foundation of having a great marriage. Any Really, any relationship. If this one thing is not happening... We, we, it's great relationships are impossible. And here's kind of, uh, let me, let me illustrate, tell you a quick story about my oldest daughter was now about to go to college. Good grief. It's hard to imagine <laughs> that. But when she was going into the kindergarten, her very first day, okay, she, uh, she came home off the bus and I was standing there to greet her. She gets off the bus holding hands with a boy. So I just thought, well, that's kind of weird. The first day of school, Yeah, exactly. Right? Why are you touching my daughter? I'm thinking of this boy. But uh, she came up and announced that this was Hank. They were in love, and they were going to get married. And so they're, you know, I'm thinking, this is hilarious. And so, you know, I, I, I said, well, you know, I looked at him. I said, well, you know, in that you're five and everything, I said, uh, you're going to, you know, you're going to be able to take good care of my daughter? And he goes, Yeah. And I said, but you, you know, you're going to need some stuff, though, I imagine, as you guys move off and wherever you're going to live. And I said, what what kind of stuff do you think you need to be able to take good care of my daughter? So I'm just playing around with him. And uh, they literally turned around and huddle. And they <laughs> talked about this. And they turned around and he said, well, he goes, we talked about it. And this is a five-year-old little boy. He goes, we talked about it and we decided we need three things. He goes, we need the TV and the remote. <laughs> We need a box of Lucky Charms and a roll of toilet paper. Sounds good to me. <laughs> and so, and as a guy, yeah. actually, that made sense. You know, I'm thinking I could live weeks off of those things alone, and I, you know, so I played high five dim and and uh, the, the, over the next three weeks, you know, this kid was lived in our neighborhood. They were always together. Taylor was in love with this boy, and this is weird. I mean, for five, mm-hmm. and uh, until one day, found her crying and uh, just sobbing. Honey, are you all right? Do you get in trouble? And no. Well, tell me what's going on. She said, well, dad, you'll, you'll never guess, but Hank broke up with me today. And, you know, I wanted to sing hallelujah, praise <laughs> Jesus. You know, prayer does work, you know, that kind of thing. But I'm trained, so, you know, I can't do that. So Professional. Exactly. And so, I, honey, I'm so sorry. I said, well, you know, what happened? Well, you know, Hank said, Becky's better looking than me. And, oh, boy. And, uh, and she said, daddy, I'm so mad at him. She goes, and I, and I hate him. And she goes, and I want him to die. <laughs> so I was a little weirded out thinking, man, I hope I don't make her mad. You know, she'll, who knows what she'll do to me. But actually what happened to Taylor that in that moment, see, cause here early in the morning, she's in love with old Hank, you know, they're getting married and everything's great. But here now, just hours later, she's mad at the kid and wants him dead. Mm-hmm. But what, what happened, what happened to her is the exact same thing that I've seen with every single couple, married couple, who've ever been in crisis. Same exact thing. Here's the difference, all right? Here, what, what happened to Taylor is the moment that she got a little heartbroken, she was disappointed, frustrated, conflict setting, whatever you call it. What do you think happened to her little heart? Before in that morning when everything was going great, it was wide open to Hank. Because, see, that's what God created us to love. He created us with hearts that are to be open. The default setting of our heart is openness. But when we get hurt, when we get frustrated, when we get disappointed, what happens to our heart? You know, it's like, I don't know if they have them on the island, but do you guys have those little roly-poly bugs here? You know, they, they, 
you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Called pill bug, sow bug, whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, when when you when you flick those things, or when they feel threatened, what do they do? They, they close up in this little yeah. ball, curl up in a little ball. Mm-hmm. That's what our heart does. We call them potato bugs. Potato bugs. There yeah. you go. But I mean, that's that's God designed us when we're. When when we get hurt, we, we, we go to protect our heart. We just curl up. Our heart closes down. And, and Jesus went on to say, why did Moses permit you to divorce? Was it not the because your hearts became what? Became hardened. And, and that's the kiss of death to a marriage. And what happens, see, is when conflict sets in and when we start to frustrate each other or disappoint each other or, you know, we're, we're not connecting, we're feeling like roommates. See, people, what, what happens is that their hearts begin to close. And if over time, if they don't learn how to open their heart, that, that, that a closed heart will eventually harden. And, and, and we've watched that over and over and over. And that truly is is what kills off relationships, especially a marriage. And that's why when I work with people, I say the key, if you want to have a great marriage, it, it happens because you're, both of your hearts are wide open to each other. You know, Jesus said in, or, or um, it says in First Peter one twenty two, love each other deeply from the heart. You know, King Solomon said above all else, so here's the wisest man that ever lived, above anything else, above all else, what? Guard your heart. Because it's the wellspring of life. In other words, God designed the system for his love to flow out from our hearts. And when we get hurt and when we get frustrated, we simply shut down. His love isn't able to flow out from our hearts anymore. I mean, he'll keep loving. That's the good news. But just not through us. And so, you know, when, when couples will say, well, I just don't love him anymore. I'm just kind of falling out of love. Would you help us rebuild the love? I always tell people, wrong. That is not what's happened. Don't ever buy that for a moment. When someone says, well, I just don't love him anymore, it, what, what, all they're saying is that my heart is hardened. And, 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 and that's our choice. We, we control the state of our heart, whether or not it's opened or closed. With good reason, we'll shut it down. I'm not, I'm not judging. I'm just saying, let's call it what it is. Yeah. It's a heart issue, not yeah. a love issue. So, doctor, somebody listening right now, they're saying, he's talking about me. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not going to say it to anybody, but I, I know I'm you listening. Know. That's me. That's yeah. my heart. My heart is hard. It, you know, I didn't really know. No one's ever said it to me that way. But hey, look, that's me. And it's, you know what? My heart is not just hard. It's harder than hard. Yeah. It's gone on for so long. What do I do from here? Is yeah. there any hope to uh, to create any kind of blood flow again in a fossilized heart that seems to be so I'm just, it's like I'm, I'm dead in this relationship, but I just, I'm still in it. But, you know, whether we're here or feels not, over, it's over. It feels yeah, hopeless, yeah, helpless. Exactly. So, well, what should I do? Yeah. Well, I, like I instantly take that person right back to Joel chapter two to understand that, again, that the first step is that it has to be a choice to, to rend open, wide open my heart back to God. Not, not to the, so I'm, I'm not saying open back up to whoever you're mad at in, whether that's a spouse or whoever, but, but, but to God, because see, the problem is when our hearts shut down, we, it, it becomes dark. I mean, think about the, getting that little bug. I mean, you can only see as far as the shell that's now covering you. It's dark. You lack understanding. You lack wisdom. You lack perspective. Mm -hmm. We become very dangerous in relationship when we exist with just our brain functioning. Yes. 
God gave us both a heart and a mind. And when your heart shuts down, you, you become heartless in some sense. And, and, and especially when our heart hardens, then, then we cut God off as well. And so now you're, I mean, you're on your own. You know, it, I mean, remember it, there's a verse that says, don't let the sun go down in your anger mm-hmm. because you don't want to give the devil a foothold. See, when, when anger is a sign of, of a closed or potentially even a hardened heart, and, and, and the reason why we were told not to do that was because that, that see, when we're on our own, that's when we're vulnerable for Satan to come after us. Now, you said when you're at that point, you close yourself off to God. Too. Absolutely. You can't, I mean, there is no way, I mean, you could not convince me. I mean, people have tried. Hmm. You, when your heart is hardened, I mean, you, I mean, think about when you, when, when you're shut down, you know, maybe you've had a fight on the way to church, you know, there's something, I, mean, I don't want to sing, I don't want to pray, sure, sure. you know, I mean, but I tell you, when, when, when the heart hardens, there, you, you can't convince me that, oh, they've got this great, wonderful, open-hearted relationship with God, but they're hardened towards their spouse. It just doesn't work that they go way. Hand in hand. No, and, and I think that's a part of what you're wanting to realize mm-hmm. is that when I'm hardened, I'm probably operating on my own. You know, because because see, the the sad part is we can talk ourselves into anything, we can rationalize anything, we can begin to convince ourselves that yeah, this marriage isn't worth it. He's never going to change. It's always going to be this way. God wants me to be happy. I shouldn't be existing this way. That's all the evil one's lies. Mm. He wants you and me. And all of us shut down. He wants us operating on our own resources because we're dangerous. Well, this is this is really intense. This is this is hot. I mean, hot, hot in a place where we we definitely need need to be because people are at points of tension in their own life and their own relationships right now. Uh, we got to take it from here, Doctor, about um, somebody that's saying, "Hey, you know what? I'm I'm right there." Uh, in fact. Not only am I right there, you have no idea. You have no idea what I've gone through. And someone might even be at a, at a point where it's, it becomes almost fatalistic. You know, I don't care anymore. Apathy. Can we bring that back? Can, is there hope for this person? Is there hope for that relationship? Doctor, I sense that as we're talking, I'm looking at you. There is. When we come back, Dr. Greg Smalley will address this even further. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Danny Yamashiro. A woman in Boston recently told me, I listen to your program every day and was inspired by the man who became an NFL quarterback. A person in Orlando said, I heard your podcast of the man who came to God during the Jesus movement. Another friend said, that pastor who gave one of his organs to a boy without ever meeting the child touched me about Jesus' love. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is made possible through financial partners. Would you consider sending a gift to keep our program going? Podcasts have been downloaded in 49 states and 35 nations in the last six months. Please help us expand our reach. Go to drdanny.live and click support this media ministry. That's drdanny.live and click support this media ministry. Hear me calling. 
You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience The Good Life today. Danny Yamashiro here. Welcome back to our show. Today, we're reaching into the vault for a classic interview when I hosted this show in Hawaii. Please enjoy. You're at a point where you don't care. You know, it's like, I'm indifferent. Uh, Dr. Smalley said, apathetic. Well, where do you go from there? Is there hope? You're listening to the Good Life Hawaii radio show. I'm here with Dr. Greg Smalley of Focus on the Family to find out more about him and his ministry, the ministry of Focus on the Family, and him and his ministry with his uh, dear wife, Erin, and their traveling, speaking ministry, the books they've written, go to Focus on the Family slash focusonthefamily.com slash marriage. Doctor, take us from there. Things are at, at, at the point of uh, the breaking point, really, in a relationship. Where do we go from there? Yeah, it's, it's critical you don't think about the marriage first. And that's kind of weird because I'm the marriage guy. But I'm telling you, that that can't be your focus because whatever's gone on in there that has made you feel so unsafe that your heart is shut down and it's beginning to harden, you, you, you're not... You you can't your heart can't be talked in to opening there first, and that's why the first place you've got to go is is to rend your heart open, let God back in, because I always tell people don't ever make a decision about any relationship, especially a marriage. What you're going to do when your heart's closed and hardened, because it's dangerous. It's just it's it. Mm. We just don't want to do that. Just don't do that. And so we got to let God back in, let him perform the miracle. You know, I always say that, that Jesus came to die for people, not for marriages. And in, in order to have a great marriage, it's going to be because you have two people with open hearts. So go there first. Make this about you and the Lord. Go to your Father in heaven who's safe. Who, who wants a relationship with you, who wants your heart back open. Allow him. I mean, so there's so many verses that talks about his desire. I've come so that you may have life and have it what? Abundantly. He wants your heart full of his love, abundantly full of his love. Do that first. And then, and then later on, let's, let's work on the relationship because, you know, the, the cool part is, is that like that little roly poly bug that, that closes down when it feels threatened, whatever's gone on that, that's made you feel threatened in your marriage. What, what happens is that when we feel safe, our hearts open and then intimacy is just something that naturally happens. We don't, we don't have to sit here and figure out how to, how to create intimacy. You know, people are always saying, well, how do we deepen our intimacy and our connection and, and grow closer? I'm telling you, don't worry. Worry about getting your hearts open because open hearts just connect, you know, and that's, that's true in life. I mean, think about when you feel safe with someone, you're, you know, and you're with your buddy and you're with your good friends, you just connect. I mean, you don't have to think through eight steps and the latest five keys or, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It just happens. And my wife and I had no clue about this. And, and Danny, I'm telling you, to be honest, I didn't think we were going to make it past our second wedding anniversary. We were that stuck. We were in conflict. We were miserable. I felt hopeless and, and things felt helpless. And, and I thought we were one more argument away from her leaving. And, and, and looking back, now I understand that what we were doing in our relationship made us both feel very unsafe with each other. And so what happened? Our hearts closed and we were totally disconnected. 
apathy was setting in, that hardness was beginning to, my, our hearts were fossil, you know, becoming fossilized. And luckily we got help. Mm. You know, we went and saw a Christian counselor. Mm. We got into small group. We met with our pastor. We had mentor. I mean, we, anything to, to, to figure this out and, and we made it, but I'm telling you that what changed was that we learned how to be safe with each other. Doctor, I'll tell you that the the expression that you just shared with us, I mean, that just, just connects with my heart. It connects with all of our hearts because you yourself, you, you yourself needed help oh, and gosh. you got help. Still need help. <laughs> if she was here, she'd be happy to tell you yeah. that. And, and now the Lord is using you to help others. But I tell you, that's that's what I get passionate about: helping couples yeah. create a home, a marriage that feels like the safest place on earth. If you can do that, I'm telling you, the rest of the stuff takes care of itself. I mean, we can we can teach you some communication stuff and love language stuff and mm-hmm. to help you do that a little bit better. But I'm telling you, none of that stuff. I always tell couples, there's not a skill, a tool, a concept that I could teach you that would make a bit of difference if your hearts aren't open. Mm. It's got to start there. Well, that's getting down to the nitty-gritty, the real heart of the matter. That's right. Doctor, thank you. Thank you for taking the time to come to share with us from the gut level. And, oh, absolutely. Uh, My pleasure. I deeply, deeply appreciate you. Thank you. And Garrison, thank you for joining us. Thank you for being with us. You go ahead and you enjoy your snorkeling and your fishing and your time here in beautiful Hawaii. Hope-filled words from Dr. Greg Smalley, FocusOnTheFamily.com, my friend. God's timing is perfect, and there's no better time than right now to share the love of Christ with someone near you. And look, if you haven't done so, this might be that perfect moment for you to open your heart to Jesus Christ. Go to DrDanny.Live for next steps and resources to reach family and friends. Subscribe on Apple or Spotify or major podcast platforms. 1 Corinthians 13, 7, love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. It's always a blessing to be with you. Thank you to Dr. Greg Smalley, FocusOnTheFamily.com. Until next time, along with my producer and creative director, Brian Torres, social media director, Luke Yamashiro, guest coordinator, Jan Yi, and board operator, Joseph Valdivieso. I'm Danny Yamashiro. Remember, the Lord is with you as you share the love of Jesus with someone today. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of The Good Life with Dr. Danny. We hope that today's program has been a blessing for you and that you may find hope in hearing how God's Word affects people from all walks of life. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is a listener-supported program, and we'd like for you to prayerfully consider becoming a sponsor or donor. To contact Dr. Danny and learn more about the ministry, visit drdanny.live. That's drdanny.live. Be sure to tune in weekdays at 6 p.m. to hear The Good Life with Dr. Danny. Until next time, may God richly bless you with The Good Life.